Welcome back to another episode of The Rant. Today is Monday, December 21st, day away from the tip of the regular season for the NBA. Uh, they're shortened season, but glad we're getting things underway finally. Um, we're going to take today's episode to run through kind of our, our predictions for the season awards, uh, some that are actual awards, some that we've kind of created as our own. Um, and then, uh, then we're also going to go through our, you know, one through eight seeds for both the East and Western conference. And we're going to, we're going to talk about it. So, uh, Nick, how are you doing? Understand. I'm doing, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right. He's half awake. He just, uh, had quite travel, travel day, but, um, he'll yeah. make, he'll make it through this episode. Yeah. I mean, this is what's, uh, this is what's keeping me up right now. So. <laughs> So uh, we're not gonna keep keep you up any more than you've got to. So we'll just jump right into it. So we'll we'll start with the rookie of the year. Uh, a, a somewhat underwhelming rookie class this year. Uh, but I mean, you start us off. Uh, I'm gonna go with not one of the first couple of guys drafted. I'm gonna go with Isaac Okoro. Interesting. Inter- interesting think, pick. I think he's gonna get a ton of minutes, and mm-hmm. I think that guy just is going to have a green light to go and, and, and do whatever, go and get stats, you know? It's a terrible team that has no chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. So you might as well just give your young dudes a chance to do random stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think he's going he's gonna to get the chance to do that. Even if he makes mistakes, he's not going to get pulled. Yeah. He's going to get a, a million chances to fail, and in an underwhelming rookie class where I don't see anybody who is going to put up great numbers on a good team i'm gonna give it to a guy who's gonna put up probably pretty good numbers on a very bad team yeah. um <laughs> I, I i'm kind of in the school of thought that like someone like Lamelo. i mean i think Lamelo's gonna win it if i'm just being realistic because again a little similar to the reasons you said he's on a bad team right he's gonna be a focus focal point on that offense so like the chance for him to score is definitely there there's not a lot of expectations on that team you know they're probably not making the playoffs uh at least i don't have them making the playoffs and i mean we all know rookie of the year sometimes can be like a hype contest and there's oh yeah endless amount of hype around Lamelo. so that's probably my pick uh it's kind of i mean it's a little boring but yeah if i'm going off of realisticness i think that, yeah. <laughs> yeah a little bit um Go on to coach of the year. Get that out of the way. I, I mean, I think it's going to be Eric Spolstra. I mean, he did a great job last year coaching that team. I mean, they I, that's a good team, but they overachieved last year. And I, I think they'll, you know, they'll still be a top team in the Eastern Conference. And I just think he's a great coach. I think he didn't get credit when LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were there, but he's like a legitimately good coach. I know I'm going to get called a homer. I don't care. <laughs> I think it's a crime that he doesn't have one, so I'm just taking the chance to give him one. Yeah, I'm giving Brad Stevens. A coach the the thing about Brad Stevens is everyone knows he's a great coach, but unfortunately, he just like his postseason resume thus far hasn't been anything special given the teams that he's he's had. Right, like he's a great regular season co- season coach, but he just can't seem to like his teams. I'm not gonna put all the blame on him, but I'm just saying his teams just haven't really been great in the playoffs or you know they haven't gone deep in the playoffs yet but i think he's also you know up there as a he's due for one yeah yeah i mean i i wouldn't be mad if 
if uh, if Brad Stevens won the coach of the year because he is a great coach, right? Um, well, uh, that's, my, we'll, that's my that's my homer pick. Yeah, you're hey, everyone's allowed one. Everyone's allowed yeah. one. Uh, the most improved player of the year award. Okay, now this one kind of like I'm very excited about this one. I'll let you go first. Even though I don't like him <laughs> off the court at all, I'm gonna go Michael Porter Jr. from mm. Denver. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, you know, all all things aside. I think he was great in the bubble. It's yeah. a team that's going to win. He might make the jump and be like a real starter and a contributor. And we all know that his physical tools are are elite, right? Mm-hmm. Ever since high school. I mean, yeah. people talk about Zion, but Michael Porter Jr. was every bit the internet hype video machine in his last year. I mean, Michael Porter that, Jr.'s got, like, that same body type as uh, as Kevin Durant. I mean, he's so tall, but he yeah. plays like a guard. But he can still play like a forward, too. It's it's wild. And you're right. He, I mean, he kind of came out in the bubble and was just on yeah, fire. I mean, he's a guy who, if he, he hadn't had some injury issues... First overall pick, no question. Would have been an easy first overall pick. Yeah. Uh, I think... I mean, that's a good pick. I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't, didn't even uh, think of that one. I'm pretty happy with mine. I We talked about it the other night because he had a really great game. And, yeah, it was preseason. But I'm going to go with Chetty Osman on the Cavs. Yeah, I feel like about Chetty Osman. I, yeah, I mean, actually. not often you find yourself talking about Chetty Osman. But, I mean, again, bad team. So he's going to get a lot of burn, you know, offensively. And he, he might average 20 points a game. Who knows? I mean... He's a pretty solid player that nobody talks about because he plays for the Cavs, right? But, like, come trade deadline, I wouldn't be surprised if Chetty Osmond, you know, gets moved because he's a pretty – he's a solid player. He's a solid player. He plays hard and he can score. I mean, again, maybe a little bit of a bold prediction, but I'm going for it. Uh, MVP. Now, I don't know where you stand about this, but – I'm not looking at it because if it were truly MVP, it'd be LeBron just about every year, right? Yeah. And you could easily pick LeBron, this. you know, again. But that's not the reality. I know. went, I didn't, I didn't go for that, but I basically went to the next worst thing. I, I mean, I picked for MVP Steph Curry. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. You know, like that would be a really cool like he comes back and well mvp right? i figure a really cool story here's line. my here's my thought process right so obviously steph coming back from injury you know there's always concern oh well what if he doesn't return it's steph i'm pretty confident he's going to come back to it right they don't have clay so that's that many more shots that steph's ha- steph's has but like this team is very similar to the warriors team before kevin durant right and steph curry won mvp then back to back right Who's to say he can't do it again? And I just, like, I look around the, the league and other teams, and I'm thinking, like, I mean, Giannis is always a shoe-in because he's Giannis, right? LeBron's always a shoe-in because he's LeBron. Other than that, you could, ma- you could make cases for other people, but I figure the Warriors are probably going to win a lot of games this year. Steph Curry is going to be doing the – I, I don't want to say the bulk, but it's going to be he's going to be doing a lot offensively for that team. So I, I just think Steph Curry, I don't know, in the comeback season will probably – is has my vote at least for for MVP. I'm going with a European not named Giannis. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
I think that Giannis is not going to win it three times in a row. Yeah, I, I don't. People are not going to do that. Well, if I mean, LeBron then it'll, isn't allowed to it'll, win it three times in a row. He's exactly, he'll be he'll be put in the same uh same category as LeBron. It's like you can't win it. And I think, I think Luca has as good of a chance as anyone. I think that's a team that's going to be. You know, improved, much improved. For sure a playoff team, if not a top-half playoff team. Mm-hmm. It's a team where he's the unquestioned best player. He's efficient. He's the ball handler, addition, too. I mean, that's yeah, a big deal. He's efficient in addition to having really good counting stats, which I think people who have a brain actually consider when <laughs> voting. And I think if I think he's going to Im- improve his three-point shot, and he's going to be about a league average three-point shooter on high volume. And he's going to average close to a 30-point triple-double. And we all know that that gets you MVP wins <laughs> at Russell Westbrook. So. Um, speaking of European, we'll move on to the six-man of the year because my pick... So, well, I put two names down because the first guy I named, I don't know if they're going to use him in, in the six-man capacity. I don't know if they're going to start him. Yeah, I, I knew I have this guy as well. Let me guess. Dennis Schroeder? Yeah, I yeah. Him as well. I, I see again. I I, I don't I know. Pick him because I think he's gonna start. Yeah, I. That's why I put two names. So I put Dennis Schroeder because if he does come off the bench, I think that's like an easy six minute of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an easy prediction, absolutely. right? But I put a second in case he does start, and uh, we one of the free agent moves this offseason, uh, Kelly Oubre. I think he's gonna win Player of the Year or not play. What am I talking about? Six minute of the year. Um. Because he's going to come off the bench in that team. Wiggins is going to start, right? At that I think they're both going to start. Eh, I don't know. Uh, Kelly Oubre is, has come off the bench just about everywhere he's gone, right? And I think he's better off the bench, right? It's like a little spark, as a spark plug almost. Because he plays good defense and he's athletic. I mean, yeah, he might start. But in this scenario, right, this fake scenario we're tra- yeah. talking about, I've got I've got Kelly Oubre winning six minutes of the year. I think – so I, I – did not pick Schroeder for the same reason that you did not pick Schroeder because I think he's going to start too many games to be <laughs> eligible for six men of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that six men of the year is won by slashing gunner guards, you know, and I think that Clarkson on Utah is going to win six men. Really? Yeah. I averaged, almost, yeah, continue. Sorry. Average 15 points a game off the bench, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to do that again. And, I mean, Utah is a team that might make the playoffs, right? So we'll we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. So uh, I think being a contributor and not being like completely and utterly inefficient on a good team mm-hmm. is a recipe for six man of the year. Yeah. I mean, another name that crossed my mind that intrigued me was Rodney Hood with the Trailblazers because yeah. in his first stint with the Trailblazers, when he came off the bench, he was actually pretty good. Um, and he can score, so I mean, there you go, recipe for uh, for a good six man. But uh, I feel like the the years of like the Lou Will reign. I mean, Lou Lou Will is still obviously very very good, but I feel like his reign on the six man of the year is over. Yeah. And also Van Vliet, now that he's pretty much a starting guard for them, he's, he's out of the, he's out of the picture. Yeah. So so I think we're gonna see a different six man of the year this year though. Um, moving on to the defensive player of the year. Uh, I know this is a category near and dear to your heart. Uh, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's going to be a big, Yeah. right? It it pretty much always is. I think if they were going to pick not a big, 
my guy Marcus Smart would have a would have a chance, mm. but they're gonna pick a big. So yeah. I'm gonna go Anthony Davis. I think a guy who, I mean, we have to give him something. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I put He's... him. I put him down as well for deep. Oh, really? Player of the year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I was tempted to pick Rudy Gobert, but again, he's won it a couple times. So yeah, it's fatigue. At this well, point. It's, yeah, it's like, do we give it to him again? I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be AD. Another like name that crossed my mind that was, that intrigued me and I was tempted to put, but I was like, I, I don't I think, think I'm, I, I don't think I'm put. ready to be that bold. I think I know who you put. Who do you think I'm? Probably Bam Adebayo. No, 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 no. I was, I was thinking, um, Matisse Thibel on the on the Sixers, second year. Oh, okay. Second year was a great defensive player in college, and had a great rookie season, right? Defensively, especially. Uh, I just don't know if he'll get enough playing time, right? Because he he comes yeah. off the, for their bench. I don't know if he's gonna have a significant enough role to the point yeah. where he will like garner enough. Um, yeah. Like tune in in future years for Matisse yeah, Thibel, defensive hey, player of the year, love. Hey. I'm 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 looking for the future. Anyway, um, and so now we're gonna move on to some of the um, some of the awards, quote unquote, uh, or predictions yeah. that we we, came up we with thought of fun. on our own, just just you know to have some fun. So the first one we'll go through is the biggest rookie bust this year, right? The the, the rookie that has like the most hype that just won't play very well, in our opinion. And I think we have the same person here. I'm going Cole Maybe. Anthony. Oh, actually, not my pick. But really? Not, not my pick. I'm going Cole Anthony. I just, you know, high-volume scores that are undersized, I just, I mean, I agree, I yeah. just don't see it working. Especially on a Magic team where, like, they're, I don't know. I really don't know. I just, I just don't. I mean, I thought his college career was a little overhyped just because he did take so many shots per game and like he yeah, yeah he put up yeah he put up numbers, but you know he also took a lot of shots to do so. Uh, I just I don't know. I don't think he'll his rookie season is going to be very good, and I think the expectations are really high for him. So I'm gonna get yelled at, but I don't <laughs> care. Oh god! When I hear biggest bust, that's got to be somebody who was drafted high, mm. right? Oh, I think I know who you're going. And. You can't get much higher than number one. Oh, man. I'm going to go with Edwards. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Explain. And, you know, a dude who self-described not a basketball lover, not a big film watcher, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, which is not a great look. Yeah, you that's know, not for really his a PR great, team, maybe don't story. say that. And secondly, the T-Wolves ruin <laughs> everything and everybody. And I just think, like Cole Anthony, another like high usage, mm-hmm. not super efficient. And he came from Georgia. Like nothing against Georgia. They're, yeah, they're just not a basketball school. They don't. And it's it's he could mess up and nobody would care because what else was gonna happen? Like who else was gonna take shots on Georgia? Yeah. Right. That's fair. And I think that. I don't know when, when I when I hear big bust, I want it to be like spectacular. Not wishing it on <laughs> the kid, obviously, but like when when you're predicting busts, you're predicting like spectacular franchise ruining, like get the GM and everybody in the building fire type of picks, which the, is usually the one number one picks that just the one thing good. I'll say though in like in defense of Anthony Edwards is is even if he is statistically not great, right? Like he doesn't put up good numbers or anything like that. He's his. 
physical attributes, I feel yeah, like make I, I it a lot that. easier for him to not be a bust just because he's super athletic and he's got, you know, great measurables, right? That he will yeah. find a way to do something, you know, effective I, in the NBA, whether that's just I guess it be an athletic on, on, guy off the on, bench or defender yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? I guess it de- depends on your definition of bust, right? Yeah. If bust is has really high expectations and becomes an average player. If that's a bust, that's where I was going from. If bust is dudes out of the league in three years, then yeah, I like your pick better. <laughs> uh, we'll go from biggest bust rookie to the biggest free agent bust this offseason. And I think, you know, everybody. We definitely, we definitely have the same answer yeah, for this. Uh, we, we definitely, definitely one, two, have the same answer. Three, uh, we'll say Gordon it on three, Hayward. right? Yeah, Gordon <laughs> Hayward. I, I just think, I mean, he's already injured. I don't think it's a serious injury, but like that alone. Man's getting 30 racks a year. Kind of makes the decision for me. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk about this anymore, but Gordon Hayward, yeah. yeah, I think, so we'll move on to this biggest sleeper uh, rookie pick this year. I have have Desmond Bain on the Memphis Grizzlies. I was super high on him in the draft. Um, I think you've heard me talk about this. Yeah. He's an incredible three-point shooter, right? Played at TCU, so he kind of just flew under the radar. But he was a, you know, he upperclassman player. Shoots really well, plays great defense, right? And he go into a Memphis team that's like super young and kind of up and coming. So, yeah, I I would say the sleeper, like good rookie this year is going to be Desmond Bain. We talked about this guy in our last NBA preseason podcast. And again, a guy who went to a school that, I mean, they put some guys in the league, don't get me wrong, but not super known as basketball royalty i'm going patrick williams on the chicago okay. Bulls. okay yeah again not the, not not the most glamorous pick but yeah i think again flew under the radar a little bit in college he flies under the radar because it's the bulls and who cares um but a guy who's going to get again the chance to the chance to succeed and the chance to fail and again on a bulls team that's going to be i mean they're not going to be good but they're going to be fun so <laughs> that'll be nice yeah there you go uh sleeper free agent move uh i this you know may seem ridiculous to some people but i think it's chris paul to the suns honestly i mean it, it got I talk- was gonna put that it got talked sleeper, about right? it got talked about but like i don't think it got talked about enough chris paul to that suns team is like game changer i mean that that suns team went undefeated in the play play-in games right for that the bubble they cool. still miss the playoffs but that team when everybody's playing well and together is outstanding now you add chris paul who is is like a excellent defender you know can organize the offense etc right devin booker can play off ball which is like his his jam and uh you know you've got a lot of young players around him i think it's a i think it's a really good move See, now I feel bad because when I heard Sleeper Free Agent, I was talking about, like, role players, and I'm picking through, like, the bottom of the barrel free (laughs) agent moves, and you're coming in here with Chris Paul. Uh, If we're talking about role players, I'm going to go with Mr. Kardashian himself, Tristan Thompson. Um, I think that on the Celtics, he represents everything that that they need. Right? A second – yeah, a second center – you know, that you can pair with Tice and so that you don't feel at any time like, man, I just don't have a dude who can get a rebound here. I just don't have a dude who can get a block. And, you know, this is going to sound a little ridiculous because it is still a lot of money for 
everybody else's standards, but quite a bargain at $9 million. Yeah, and like you look at the Celtics, right? That's kind of been the piece they've been missing for a couple yeah, of years now. Exactly. And you know, it doesn't hurt that the guy also is has played in the playoffs a bunch, right? So, and one. Yeah, I mean... According to all reports, he was the center they really wanted. So, I mean, they got their man. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I don't think you can be mad at that at all. And I, I think that's, that's actually a good pick. Um, I, we, we talked about uh, adding this category in the first coach fired. And I have, I have two names here. And I, I want to say both of them because go for I it. think there's... So, I think Luke Walton with the Kings. Yeah, the that's Kings, just because it's the Kings. The Kings yeah. are... I don't know what to think of the Kings, right? Because they have some good young players, but then at the end of the day, they're still the Kings, and they're kind of just, they have, you know, a million power Their forwards. ownership is a mess. Well, they have a million power forwards, and they, you know, no one really knows to this day if they're going to be good or not. Um, I just don't think Luke Walton is a great coach, right? I think, uh, I think he got maybe a little <laughs> bit too much credit for coaching the Warriors. Heresy. He, yeah, I, I think he got a little bit too much credit for that, and like, we saw what happened with the Lakers. They were marginally average um, to below average when he was the coach. And, you know, he got got the Kings job. Maybe not deserved, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. So I think he gets fired just because the Kings, I think, will probably underachieve. Um, and because it's the Kings. Yeah, and the other name I want to choose is uh, James Borrega. The Hornets just, even though... You know, listen, I'm going to be honest. I don't really know how good a coach James Borrega is, right? But it's the Hornets, and they're most likely not going to be very good this year because they've got so many young players. Um, so I feel like he's just an easy scapegoat, right? You know, ship him off and try and rebrand the team as, oh, well, we're going to get a new coach. You know, the future yeah. may be bright, even though he was just hired, you know, very recently. Yeah, I think it's always a safe bet to pick just poorly managed and perennially underachieving terrible franchises as places that will fire their coach. Uh, deservedly or undeserved. Yeah. See, I would have picked uh, D'Antoni or Brown, but unfortunately their own GMs beat me to the punch <laughs> and they are no longer employed. So I'm going to go with Scott Brooks on the Wizards. Interesting, really. I feel like Scott Brooks actually is in a, in a decent spot. Even though, the Wizards nah. have, even though the Wizards have been bad the last couple of years, he got Westbrook, who he's coached before, right? And I think, I mean, his career winning percentage is like forty-two, right? Yeah. And I think that the Wizards, I think it's because he got Westbrook that he's going to get fired. I th- I don't know. I think he'll make it far enough into the season, right? I I don't think he'll he'll uh, I don't think he'll be an early season fire. I really don't. But yeah, you know. I think I think if they hit if they hit a road bump and they lose like six or seven on the jump, I think he's gone. Because the Wizards are clearly like in win-now mode and appease Bradley Beal before he leaves in free agency mode. Mm. And so I think if he if he doesn't hit the ground running, I think he can be one of those you know, uh, firings. I want to introduce this last category. Because yeah. it is this is, near and this dear is, to my stat nerd heart. This is like everything you live for, too. Yes, we have added the ca- the category of the <laughs> biggest empty calorie stat chasing inefficient smoke and mirrors player in the NBA for the season. And I have to say, normally I would pick a guard, but I was feeling 
a little bit spicy. I and so I picked the big. Pick. Yeah, I think I know who you picked. Actually, I picked a big, and you know who I picked. Um, does he who have? Who did I pick? Does Does he have three names? He does indeed have three <laughs> we names. Have, we have the same player, my friend. We have we have the same player. Okay, Carl, Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns. Towns. <laughs> Nick, would you like to tell tell everybody why we picked Carl Anthony okay. Towns? <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns is a player that everybody likes to mention in the conversation of the best big call it bigs post players in the league. Because he puts up a lot of points and gets a lot of rebounds. <laughs> cool. Um doesn't shoot great for a big. Doesn't win. Doesn't win. And doesn't play defense. Yeah, is just a walking target dummy to get dunked over, you know? Yeah, I mean... And it's just... I, I don't... And and the thing <laughs> is, again, it's kind of like Hassan Whiteside defense where you get blocks... because you're big and, right, people like... And you, and you rotate over, but he's chasing blocks just like Hassan Whiteside. And it's like, yeah, he might block a shot. He might also, like, not switch on a pick and roll and end up looking at the stars somewhere or <laughs> miss a backdoor cut and just get toasted. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Carl Anthony Towns, let's let's not get things mixed up. Carl Anthony, Town, Town, Carl Anthony Towns is a good player, but at the same time, he's massively overrated because he doesn't play defense and, you know, he hasn't won. And, like, he would be good if he wasn't the best player on the team, right? If he's your best player, then you're in a bad spot. He has to be second fiddle to somebody. And you know, maybe with a full season, D'Angelo Russell at point guard, maybe something different will happen. I don't see it happening. But yeah, I, I had him as my empty calories type play of the year. Because he's going to put up over 20 points and 10 boards a game. I mean, like that's the way it is. But guess yeah, what? Yeah, he puts up objectively good stats. But, but you know, stats on a losing team don't mean the same as stats on a winning team. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that... That'll wrap up our award predictions. Now we're going to go into uh, our predictions for the eighth, the one through eight seeds for both the East and West Conference. We'll start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, why don't we just, you know, why don't you list off your eight, right? We'll talk about it, and then uh, and then I'll list off mine. So this was really easy up until number seven, because mm. I think there are seven teams that. Right now, I feel confident. If I had to go to the bookie tomorrow and put down bets, I would feel confident in seven out of these eight teams. Hmm. From from the top, Bucks, Nets, Celts, Heat, Sixers, Raptors, Pacers, and then I put the Wizards as the eight seed. Okay. I feel confident in the first seven. So we have the same um, eight, basically. I just have them in a different order. Okay. I, I think, I mean, the Bucks are going to win 60 to 65 games. Yeah. Just, just... Yeah. Coming out of bed. Like, they're just going to do that. Um, the Nets, I think, with the Celtics having an adjustment period at the beginning with Kemba Walker going down, and I think the Celtics are going to fall a couple games behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still think the Celtics and the Nets are both going to be well over 50-win teams without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and... I think any team with Kevin Durant on it yeah, and, I mean, and you're... even average supporting cast is a top seed in mm -hmm. any conference. Uh, Heat, I mean, defending NBA final, uh, finals runner-up, they kept pretty much the same team mm -hmm. and added uh, an extra 
defensive guard in, in Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. I can't see them going any lower than fourth. Yeah. The Sixers have more talent than a lot of the teams above them, but, but they're gonna, they can't figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're sure to falter at some point. The Raptors have less talent than everybody above them, but they have it figured out. Mm. I have Sp- an interesting... The Spurs of the East. I have an interesting... Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'll get to that. Interesting take on the Raptors. Yeah. And then Pacers, people sleep on Oladipo. He's really good. And Brogdon. And, and Brogdon. DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah. People sleep on everybody on the Pacers. Indiana. And then Wizards, I think that their guard play will do just enough to get them into the mm-hmm. playoffs. Give okay. me your okay. order. All right. So, I will, so I've got Bucks at one. I've got Heat at, Heat at two. Celtics at three. Nets at four. Sixers five. Pacers at six, Wizards at seven, and the Hawks at eight. So a couple things that no that, Toronto, yeah, that you're you're probably noticing. No Toronto. All right, and here's why: they lost Serge Ibaka, they lost Mark Gasol. Right? Can you tell me besides Siakam, what other bigs do they have that jump out at you or make you think? Hmm. I that, would have to Google it. I can't tell you off of my right. head. They have Kyle Lowry, you know, who's still Kyle Lowry. They have Van Vliet, who's still Van Vliet. They have Siakam, but I would say they got worse this year, this off season, and a lot of other teams in the East got better. You can talk about chemistry all you want, right? You can talk about how they are uh, proven to to be good in the playoffs, whatever. They have good cohesion, but unfortunately, I just don't think they have the personnel anymore to keep up. Where you look at the Wizards, right? I I agree with you. I think their guard play will do just enough to get them into the playoffs, right? So I have them at seven. And then the Hawks have one of the best young groups in the league. And I know you aren't the biggest fan of Trey Young, right? We talk about all the time how he's a high-volume scorer or whatever. But you can't deny he does put up no, numbers. He's good. He does put up numbers, yeah. right? They have a ton of shooters. They got a lot of young talent. So they're kind of like an intriguing team. And they were playing really well towards the end of last season, uh, you know, before things went to the bubble. So I have the Hawks going to eight, just kind of to spice things up a little bit. Um, Pacers at six, I think they're super underrated. I think they're like a very solid team across the board. Sixers, I have at five, which I think you did as well, because like you said, they have a ton of talent. Will they put it together? Eh, we don't really know. Nets at four, again, I agree with you. A Kevin Durant-led team is probably a shoo-in for a top seed, but I think chemistry and injuries will hold them back a little bit. So that's why I'm kind of tempering expectations and putting them at four. Celtics, with improved interior play, I think will stay at three. Heat, just because they're the reigning, you know, finals runner-ups, and they have essentially the same team, I don't think, just out of respect, I can put them lower than two. And then the Bucks are the Bucks, obviously. So then, now we'll flip to the West. I'll read off my eight really quick. Uh, I've got Lakers one, Clippers two, Warriors back at three. Nuggets at four, Mavs at five, Blazers at six, Suns at seven, and Jazz at eight. I think the Jazz sneak in the playoffs just because Donovan Mitchell and Gobert, right? I mean, two opposite ends of the spectrum. So is that no Houston that I'm hearing? No. I, Houston, no Houston. Houston's okay. not making the playoffs. No, All right. Not with their small ball lineup, right? I don't care that you added John Wall and uh, DeMarcus Cousins that's barely played in the last three seasons. James Harden can get you 30 a night. Guess what? I don't care. Uh, you know, because he's going to even he's gonna put up 30 a night, but he's also going to take 30 30 shots right and uh i just i just don't think that team is in a place where they're gonna win a a lot of games 
Okay, I have obviously the top two. I think we are. We don't need. To be and I think the Cl- I think the Clippers got worse, so I wouldn't even be surprised that they fall to t- fall to three, and like a team like the Nuggets or the the Warriors so slips in ahead. I have, I have Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Portland, and then the Mavs. Then I have Golden State at six. I have the Suns at seven, and the Rockets at eight. I think hmm. the Lakers. We don't need to talk about. Yeah. Like, I mean, they got better. I mean, they're the reigning champs, and they got and better. And they're the champs. And any team that has LeBron James on its roster, I could be playing for that team. And I <laughs> have never played organized basketball, and we're still getting to the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just I don't I don't have a ton of faith in the Clippers, the, especially the the two, you know, Paul George and Kawhi. I don't think that. I mean, they, I still think they're going to be... They're, they're going to be a great team, but I just... When, I think when it Denver comes times is, is just better than them. Yeah. I mean, we saw it, obviously, in the playoffs, right? I think people disrespect Nikola Jokic a lot because he's a weird, big, pudgy white dude <laughs> and, you know, doesn't look like... He doesn't look the part, right? He yeah. doesn't. But he's but really good. But if you good. watch him play... You're like, yeah, he's one of the eight best players in the league. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Mavs, I think, are going to be vastly improved. I mean, Luka yeah. is going to be great. And if Porzingis can stay healthy, I mean, that 1-2 is, is really good. And then they got, you know, and they the got better. And the pieces around them are all good teammate, like good chemistry guys. Yeah, great and, coach. And uh, so I think the Mavericks are And when are you have be... those two players, again, you need an average supporting cast mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. a good seed. The Blazers, Golden... I... What were you saying? Sorry, what's what I was, was going to say? Golden State. Uh, we both agree that they're going to be in the playoffs. I think that. I think that. I mean, they could be three. They could be six. Yeah. I think that that range. Once you get past. Lakers, Denver, Clippers, it's, it's going to be a lot of teams in that. Well, because they're going to win fifty-five percent of their games. Yeah, type of they're all going to be very evenly matched, so there's not as many wins to go around. So I think they're exactly. all going to be very one or two games. Yeah, apart. exactly. So I think I still think the Warriors, though. I mean, besides Clay Thompson going down, which can't be understated, I still think they have Steph Personnel. and Draymond still right, which yeah. is like a core of their team, and then they have. Very solid surrounding cast in Wiggins, Oubre, um, players like that. And then they have, you know, Pete Wiseman, who who knows, could be really good. So I just think that they'll they'll return to a, be a formidable team in the West. And then Trailblazers, got, I've got it six just because I think Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum are obviously a very good duo. Sort of like the Westbrook Beal where they'll just kind of will them to the playoffs, right? Yep, I agree um, with that. The Suns... I think their supporting cast is better than... No, and I also think West their supporting Beals. cast got better this offseason as well, too. I mean, they have Rodney Hood. They have Nurkic. They brought back Enos Cantor off the bench, which Enos Cantor off the bench is a great player, right? Because you don't need his defense as much. And you have Collins to cover for exactly. him on defense. Collins still recovering from the injury, so, I mean, he'll probably be back at some point this season. But I like the Trailblazers. Uh, Suns, as we talked about with the Chris Paul yeah. trade, that team's going to be much improved. Um, I think they Where'd get you have the them? I had them at seven. I, I have, have them at seven as well. Okay. And then I have the Jazz in the last spot because, again, I think 
Donovan Mitchell offensively will will them to the playoffs. They still have good role players that play defense and, and can shoot. Rudy Gobert, and then best defensive player in the league. And then yeah, obviously the Stifle Tower down low. You know, a good defensive I, I think, team as well. I think I put I put a caveat on the Rockets even here on my sheet when I wrote it down. I mm-hmm. said if Harden stays on the team, yeah. If he doesn't, that team's not making. That's players. they're done. And even if they do. I still am not 100% certain they make the playoffs. Yeah, I put them as the last seed simply because I think that they just have such an offensive firepower to them that there are going to be nights where they beat teams by 30. There's going to be nights when they lose by 30, when the three-pointer isn't falling and they miss 25 of them. Mm -hmm. But there are going to be those nights where I mean, Harden just goes for 50. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and I, I, I think that's enough to get you to the eighth I just, seed I just, in the playoffs. The way I looked at it is, like, I tried to look at that, that team against the other teams that I just put in the top yeah. eight. And I'm like, I don't see them winning even remotely a majority of the games against those eight teams, right? So, like, that alone tells me, okay, those are the teams that are playing most of the season. But they're probably not making the playoffs. That's the way I saw yeah. it. I don't know. I and, could be wrong. I have to say, aside of the Lakers, both conferences relatively balanced this year. Like, no longer is it East is least. And you could argue that the just out of the playoffs committee in the East is better than the just out of the playoffs. Like, the bottom of the West is tragic. Mm. <laughs> I mean, aside of the Knicks in the East, there aren't really uh, the Cavs, like, the Pistons. That no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, are they really worse yeah. than the T Wolves? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I would. I would. On paper, I would, yeah, but the T Wolves are we, awful. We can every argue year. about. We can argue about this another another time, in another episode. But the Cavs and the Pistons and the Knicks are all way worse than the T Wolves. Way worse. Anyways. That's our that's our sixteen. Of course, we'll have a, a mid season update. Yeah, yeah. We well, and there. we'll also you know we'll talk about all star people, you know stuff like that. Who we think will win like the dunk contest, the three point contest, stuff like that. We'll uh we'll do like so week weekly recap season. So we keep, we I can't speak it's today. Oh to my gosh, fast. we'll have weekly recaps. Um, you know about about the NBA now that it's getting underway Tuesday night. Uh, I think the Warriors are in the first game. Tip it off, so yep. it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Uh, we're looking forward to it, and uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated throughout the seasons. Uh, we'll see you next.